Welcome to the Bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And welcome to a very special episode, everybody. My gosh, I have been looking so forward to this. You have no idea. Conowin, welcome to Conowin's Corner, an entire episode. And uh, I just have to relay to our listeners that we had a text message from Conowin saying, how long can I have? Uh, because I've got like six hours worth of information. And we were like, why don't we say two hours? So we have no idea if it's going to be that long. But uh, that was our fun back and forth with each other. And I'm so pumped. I can hardly stand it. The reason for the length of content is because what are we talking about this week, Conowin? Oh, we are diving into 2022 and the, the chaos and the fun and the joy and the fire, dumpster fire potentially that this year might bring us. <laughs> and I will oh I will save God. all you listeners. Don't worry. My endurance level is not up to two hours, so I don't think we're going that long. Although, don't quote <laughs> me on that. Dang uh, it. So we got a lot of material to cover, but I'm going to try to make it as practical and useful as possible and also give you some ways to remember that there is is still joy and light and wonderful things out there when things get dark because life has all of its ups and downs and boy this year is going to bring them <laughs> oh yay <laughs> i'm excited to learn uh whether we're gonna be popping champagne or just throwing another log on the dumpster fire this this year we might be throwing champagne maybe on both. the dumpster I was fire say, maybe both <laughs> oh no <laughs> Fuck you, dumpster fire. Basically, uh, yeah. Let's party. Uh, anyway. <laughs> should we? Should we just roll right into let's it? Let's do it. Sure. Let's do it. Go for Get it. Get after it, Connelly. Okay, so I'm going to be taking us through. There's there's a lot of stuff happening, as you guys can imagine. A whole year's worth of transits. When you know the how I talk for every month that we have. Uh, so I'm not going to throw a bunch of dates at you. It's more so this is an episode of Broad Strokes, just so you guys get the idea of the general vibe for the year, because there are three major transits that are happening, or rather major planetary shifts that are happening this year that are going to be really powerful and kind of put the whole emphasis on where we're going for the year. Kind of like with 2021, I've been talking a lot about the Saturn-Uranus square. It happened three times this year. That was like the undercurrent of this year's energy. Next year, we have quite a lot more <laughs> to add to that, as well as specifically around the United States chart, we're going through our Pluto return. So that's actually where I want to start with, is we're going to track Pluto. So a Pluto return. What is a Pluto return? The United States is experiencing this in 2022. Although it is debatable, some astrologers will say it's actually in a couple years. Many astrologers are looking to 2022 as the Pluto return of the United States. So Pluto, because it's way, way, way far out there, it takes 250 years for it to go around the entire zodiac chart wheel all through the signs. 
It's very, very far out there. It's a very slow-moving planet. It usually moves only about three degrees a year, and then it retrogrades back on itself as well. So it's a very slow process, and nobody that we know, unless you're a time traveler perhaps and have like cracked the code to eternal life, will experience a Pluto return in their own lifetime. Wow. But countries experience them all the time. Uh, I say all the time. We can look back on history and see different Pluto returns throughout history. So whether it be the Pluto return of Rome or England, we can actually trace these and use history as our guide for where is the United States coming? And the United States is experiencing its very first Pluto return. So big, big time for this country. And a Pluto return, similar to a Saturn return, is a big deal. It's kind of a growing up of sorts. It's a uh, get your shit together (laughs) kind of a transit. But for Pluto, Pluto goes even deeper than Saturn. We're talking underneath the surface into the realms of what, you know, power struggles there are and the things that have been kept secret, manipulation, all sorts of (laughs) corruption gets exposed. I think I've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but whenever we're dealing with Pluto, we're lifting up that rock and we're looking underneath at all the creepy crawlies and things get illuminated and uh, get thrown out there. And we have to now come to terms with all the crap that's lying underneath the surface. This is why Pluto is so important in shadow work. It's why Pluto is so transformative, because as we face these things in our lives and with each other, we're able to truly transform and evolve forward. So really, we're looking at 2022 as an evolution of the United States specifically. But as we know, this country that we live in, the three of us on this podcast, at least, um, and if you're listening from outside, we all know the United States whatever we decide does have a great influence on the world. So we're already seeing influences from other countries starting to affect us and vice versa. What does this really specifically mean for us? Well, (laughs) Pluto, as we know, is um, it's usually associated with the death card. It's also in the sign of Capricorn, which is also associated with the devil card in tarot. So kind of putting those two together kind of gives you a sense of the story. We're talking about finding a complete shift and transformation within the structures of our systems and having to confront that, which has tempted us, has lead us, led us astray. The patriarchy, I've talked, um, if you go into the Capricorn episode we're going to have, which I think will actually air after this, I go into a little bit more about the sign of Capricorn and what the history of that is. But Capricorn energy is about the structures, about tradition, about uh, <laughs> the the ambition to climb the mountain. And don't we all have, you know, this idea of what the American dream was supposed to be or is supposed to be. Yeah. And it's really a deconstruction of that in order to reframe it in a new way. So if we think about around 250 years ago when Pluto was um, at 26 degrees Capricorn, this is when the American Revolution was happening, when we declared ourselves a country. I think we can probably see already a lot of parallels between then and now, <laughs> where there are people that are very upset. There are people that want to rebel. There are people that are fighting for their freedoms, fighting for what they believe in, and also wanting to protect each other and, and build a better life for their family and separate from a system and a structure that they believe to be tyrannical and you know completely destroying what they believed were their rights and their freedoms. So here we are now 
And I think we're, <laughs> we've dealt with the entire divisiveness of 2021. And it's like, where do we stand? And Pluto is basically here to say, hey, you think you know what the story is? There's a lot more under the surface going on. So talking like secret societies, conspiracies, not that I'm like trying to promote any of like, you know, outlandish thinking like crazy, but I do think this is a revelation of what we have not been told and what we have not been able to really see going on within the structures of our government. Well, Conowin, one of the things that uh, the day that we're recording this, it was just, just a couple of weeks before we will release it. Oh, my God. Or just a week before we release. No, a couple of weeks before we release it. There was an article in The Atlantic where one of the Yale professors was a year ago and the interviewer said a year ago he was saying this is hyperbole we're not there yet and this month he's saying we're there the deconstruction of democracy is happening it's in place uh the insurrectionists who are in congress right now and also a lot of the governors have uh dismantled the power that usually balances out their ability to control voting and all of these other things. And so I I got a little bit scared today. We had to talk about that today, that democracy is in real trouble. And I'd love to think that Pluto's going to be on the side of democracy, but it sounds like maybe not. I don't, I, hard to know. I don't want to say for sure that like, I don't want to I don't want to preface for sure that Pluto is going to be on one side or another. Oh, of course, because it doesn't do. care. <laughs> right. Pluto doesn't give a shit. Right. It, Pluto does not care. Pluto is all he's the, what, what was it? Rick Levine talks about him, about him as like the cleanup guy. Like oh. all the gangs have shot each other to pieces and he, he's the guy that comes up and cleans up all the mess. OK. Oh, and if we think about it, like the last couple of years, we've had a lot of really big planetary energy, specifically yeah. in January 2020. We had the huge conjunction between Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter was in there and the South Node was in there. We had a lot of this Capricorn energy and all those planets have moved ahead into Aquarius. They're trying to move forward and Pluto's still back in Capricorn cleaning all this mess up. And mm. he's saying, guys, you left a lot more mess than you're, than you're really looking at. <laughs> so what I would say is the illumination of the fact that democracy is being threatened and the idea that we now have to identify and define what is democracy in the modern age to many different types of viewpoints and people mm -hmm. is precisely what Pluto is telling us to do. He's wow. saying, if this is something you value and the structure that you want or maybe don't want, what's it going to look like going forward? Mm -hmm. So again, he's here to challenge us and to present us with, this is what's really going on beneath the surface guys. This is what they're not telling you. What are you going to do about it? And so, and this kind of lines up, I know, <laughs> no pressure, right? Wow. <laughs> but this is usually what I talk about where like, right, the planets don't really care. They're not good or bad. They present right. us with energy and we choose what we do with it. And we can be victimized by it. We can be beaten down by it, or we can stand up and take a chance and say, we're going to fight. We're going to go after what it is we want. And everyone's going to have their own idea of what that yeah. looks like. So yeah. That is why I think people are really feeling on edge about where we're headed because, again, we're at, we're, I mean, 2021, Saturn and Uranus really have shown us the divisions and the two sides and the us versus them mentality because of that whole old versus new and, you know, what is traditional and, 
and grounded and what is, you know, forward thinking and with the community. I mean, there's no right or wrong here. It's just a matter of where do you stand? And now it's, and what are you going to fight for? Yeah. So wow. <laughs> I would argue that no matter what, we are facing a revolution of sorts, whether that looks, I mean, it's not going to look exactly like the American Revolution, right? We're not getting all of our Flintlock pistols out, but we're looking at a very similar upheaval of energy um, against systems that are being oppressive, and that yeah. can look like anything to anyone. So, yeah. Again, I'm just here to like put out. <laughs> this is what Pluto's plan is. So, are we ready? Are we ready? <laughs> There's a lot going on. So, and it's crazy because Pluto starts off the whole year with this really incredible transit with Venus, which I think really sets us up for the year ahead to mentally go into a space where we're really considering what our worth is, what our value is, the things, the relationships that we have that we want to maintain or get rid of. And I mean that as like, not just ourselves, but a country or a, you know, a community. And what is it that we want? Like, what do we truly want? So we have Venus in retrograde when the year starts. Is that on a personal level then are you talking about uh, or, or still on the political country level or both? I would say it's both. Okay. Uh, Venus retrograde because it's Venus is a is a personal planet. We're gonna feel it very strongly. I think everyone's probably gonna be going through as the new year starts. We look back, you know, it's Capricorn season. We do our resolutions, or if you're not into that, you do whatever it is you do as a as a ritual for the new year. And we're thinking about, you know, what this last year brought us and what we want going forward and what that might look like. And so on a personal level, we all feel this and we feel this every year. But I think because Venus will be retrograding over Pluto, Venus crosses over Pluto three times during her retrograde starting in December. So it's a very deep Venus retrograde because whenever it's associated with Pluto, it's it's more it's more than just, you know, what are my wants and desires and what's getting in the way of that? And what petty argument am I getting a part of? No, it's, it's like, what are the things that I put in my way to building relationships? Because I'm, I'm so self-sufficient. I don't need anybody, but I actually yeah. really want connection with other humans. Yeah. <laughs> it's those kinds of questions. It's getting really deep into like, childhood trauma or, you know, things of learned behavior. So the invitation is there, of course, if that's too much for you, or if, if life is just throwing you too many curveballs and you can't mentally go there right now, totally understand. But I think that life will show us different iterations of, you know, what, what we need to experience in order to evolve and grow forward. So we have this on a very personal level that we will see playing out within our community, with our friends, and then probably in a larger scope as the United States decides what it is we want, what it is we want to look like going forward. And that's how the whole year starts. And really that Pluto return is going to start, the actual hit is in February. So it comes very, very quickly this year. And it's going to happen in February, in July, and in December. And I can give you actual dates, but the truth is Pluto moves so slowly. We're going to feel this the whole year. <laughs> so those are kind of the climax points. And I think that by the end of the year, kind of similar to this year where we had um, this last year that we had the Saturn Uranus and there were the three points. By the end of the year, we're really going to feel, okay, this is the shift forward that we're moving into. 
Okay. And I will say, on somewhat of a happy note, I kind of love this. Um, one of the astrologers I heard talking about this recently kind of joked. He said that his motto for 2022 is for everyone to prepare with this Pluto return for 2023 when the aliens come, because that's <laughs> when Pluto moves into Aquarius. <laughs> I would love that. Where the as long as they're you know arrival aliens and not Independence Day. Aliens. Have Correct. you seen that? Have either of you seen that really hilarious TikTok where that person was like, it made it sound like the aliens were there and they were like, we are here to take over, take us to your leaders. We're here to take over your government. And the person that you talk was like, oh, yes. thank God. Yes. Finally. <laughs> I did see that one. I definitely think, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's kind of where we're going to start feeling. Like, I mean, to be quite honest, I was thinking about just the sort of poetic nature of that where, you know, as a world, we are so divided. There's so much strife and so much stuff going on. And there's nothing like putting the whole thing in perspective than having your entire question of like humanity and who we are in this universe question when some other being arrives, you know, and 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 suddenly we're all united again. And the fact that, oh, we were on this planet and now there's someone visiting it. So, you know, the universe works in strange ways, and I think that um, it'll be really interesting to see how this upheaval for this country, obviously through Pluto, and this deep, deep transformative work is concurring with the possibility that we may have a lot of new information coming our way in 2023. In fact, when Saturn moved into Aquarius, that was right around the time the government started going, well, we have been looking into this whole UFO thing. I and know. here's the documents on that. Thank so we've you for already saying gotten a that. little bit of a hint. Yeah, yeah. because it, it doesn't it doesn't feel quite as out there. It doesn't feel quite as conspiracy since all these officers are like coming forward and saying they've seen stuff. I don't know. <laughs> not to put conspiracies. I'm not a conspiracy theory every, theorist, everyone. I'm really not. But Wow. I'm firmly in the aliens would find us so <gasps> deeply uninteresting yeah. and would not come here because they're like, that's a trash planet. We don't want anything to do with that. That's the camp I'm in. They're going through their Pluto return right now. We can't get involved Yeah, with we that. can't get involved in that mess. <laughs> I do like Carl Sagan's view, though, that it's an awful big waste of space if there is another life out there. Sure. So... Anyway, uh, sorry, I totally, totally derailed where we were going here. Go, no, I love that sentiment. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, truthfully, we we have stuff, and again, this uh, specifically the United States is the one going through the 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 country that's going through this transit. But I don't think anybody would argue with if we're going through a whole transit and trying to sort out all our shit. The whole world's probably going to feel it on some level. And I think has been as we've kind of muddled through this mess. For you out there listening, I want to make sure, you know, while this is this is big, I think it's really important that we keep our eyes open and that you judge, you know, what it is you are seeing illuminated and that you're not you're not staying blind to or deaf to what is being told. Again, I'm not trying to promote a conspiracy theory mindset here, but I do think that on some level we're going to start hearing things especially in the next year that are going to be like that feels like conspiracy level shit (laughs) you know where the government is coming out and we're finding out these things and these people do not have our best interests at heart and they've been operating under the surface and we haven't seen it because that is all about pluto and if you are experiencing that in your own life that can be a really 
you know, again, and that might just be overwhelming enough just going through whatever it is you're experiencing. Right. So let's talk really quick about how this can apply to you and then also a little bit more specifically how it might apply to all of us. So as I said, Pluto is having this transit in Capricorn. So if you were to look at your chart, your natal chart online, you do need your birth time for this. You would look at the house in which Capricorn rules and that will show you where Pluto is most active. And it, it take keep in mind, it's going to be pretty much right around 26, 27 degrees. So if you've got a cusp somewhere, just make sure you're looking at the end degrees of Capricorn, and that will show you where you're having that transit really affect you and where it might show up in your life. If it's in your third house, it might be something you and your sibling are talking a lot about and maybe disagreeing on, or it's, it's hitting you in a way that's like, you know, directly in your inbox and all your friends are talking about it. If it's in, say, your 10th house, it could be, affecting your career and your job and your whole outlook on, well, what is my legacy? Where am I going? What am I doing with my life? So it's important to know that when these big transits are happening, they can affect us and show up in different arenas in our life and that Mm -hmm. we can sort of be open to them in that place and maybe not fret so much about the rest of our lives because there's all sorts of other transits happening there. (laughs) So that's kind of where to keep your eye on Pluto. Now, Pluto specifically is in the in the chart for the United States. It's in the second house. So this brings up a lot of concerns about the economy because second house usually rules funds, resources, money, home. So in this case, like literally the land that we're on, uh, what what it means to live in the United States, like as a home or as a place. But really specifically, it's going to be around the dollar and the economy. So what's interesting is as we've, I've, as astrologers have tracked Mercury in recent years, Mercury referring to the word mercantile has really shown us a huge evolution in terms of where money, like what money even looks like. I mean, nowadays we have stuff like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. We have things that are completely shifting literally the actual, <laughs> I know. Corey's rolling her eyes. Sorry. I wish you guys could see these reactions. I hear the word Bitcoin. Oh, get give it to me. And I hear, I hear entitlement. Oh, really? And arrogance. Mm. And I hear absolute. What's the word? When delusion. I hear delusion when really? I think Bitcoin. And if Bitcoin's your jam, feel free to prove me wrong. You probably I won't be convinced, but. You can try to educate me because I feel when I hear that, I feel I'm really old and I have no clue what the hell this is. I just I cannot wrap my brain around bitcoins and NFTs like real physical real world things aren't I just mm, I don't have the caffeine in me to articulate the way that I feel about those things. But yeah, I can't stand Bitcoin. Here we are. Says our dear Taurus moon. Yes. Listen, (laughs) it's not real. It's not physical. It's not in front of me. I can't deal with it. Well, also like it's this whole other weird layer of like, here's the ways I can be better than you. Like that is the vibe of Bitcoin. And I don't, I I will not have it in my house. Don't worry. It doesn't live there. Get out of my house. (laughs) Wow. Get off my lawn. Nice. I love it. Please bring on these reactions. This is perfect. Sorry. I hear the word Bitcoin and like my eyes roll so hard. It like they're going to get stuck. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I'll keep an eye on you. I'm back. We're back. (laughs) I really just did that so you could take a chance to have a breath. That's why. Thank you. Not because I'm a really intense freak. (laughs) Well, I will say um, while it's interesting tracking 
And I mean, again, if you're an astrologer listening out there, you probably have seen there's a huge rise in cryptocurrency, specifically astrology, because it's fascinating how it does track with the transits. And we can look at this for anything in the stock market, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people bet on the stock market, stock market and work with the stock market using astrology. So this is True. something that is very common. And again, like I said, Mercury has really shown us sort of a way to track that. What'll be interesting is over the next year with Pluto there, it kind of changes the story a little bit. So well, I can't point exactly to this is where we're going because frankly, Pluto is here to say, you think you know where you're going? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, I'm going to introduce something possibly entirely different or I'm going to make this entire system collapse, right? And dismantle. So we have to build up again. I think it was on an episode with you guys. We even talked a little bit about like liquid assets too and how like water or another form of, you know, natural material oh. might actually become a currency. Yeah. This we was did like a few weeks that. ago, right? And yeah. so did we end know, up talking about the water wars? We we ended up talking about uh yes, we ended up talking about water. Yeah. And how that might be the next big thing. That was a that was a while ago, yeah. Yeah. But I, that's stuck in my brain because it's like we we really don't I mean again, Pluto's job is to dismantle, to completely destroy in order to rebuild. Pluto's story mm -hmm. is that of the phoenix. So we can't have this busting forth of a phoenix or bursting out of the cocoon as a butterfly. We can't have that transformation without a complete dismantling of a system. And it being in our second house of money, <laughs> that yeah. kind of suggests that there's something that's going to fall apart. And I think a lot of economists out there, a lot of people out there that are following this would argue that our economy is completely propped up. And so keeping an eye on that over the next year, educating yourself enough, you know, obviously there's so much out there. Like, I'm not saying you all should go out and get degrees in this stuff because I'm nowhere near that. Certainly, I'm just looking at this going, okay, this is kind of a direction we seem to be moving in. So anything you can do if you are feeling nervous or are feeling powerless to educate yourself enough about this where you feel like, okay, I have an idea of what this is going. And obviously with, you know, in this country, the student loan payments having to come back and things oh, like money is God. going to be, I know, big old eye roll from Dutta there. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so... I I have to say, so my I'm I'm older and I finally got rid of mine about ten years ago, and I am in the camp of pay them the hell off. I am not in the camp of well, I had to pay mine, so you have to no fuck that shit. Pay them off. It's it's crippling our society, and uh, they know that. So anyway, oh my gosh, this this planet talk is making me feel very political, Connellan. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'll I'll be quiet. That was what my eye roll was. Okay, go for no, it. No, it was good. It was and great. Back, well, and truthfully, and again, back to Pluto, you. <laughs> Pluto is meant to bring out these strong reactions. I think it's great. So like the fact we're already getting this, and if you out there listening or feeling this, this is his job. I'm just I'm just like speaking <laughs> what he's apparently supposed to be doing for all of us. So. Now, I do think what's interesting is, Corey, you mentioned earlier that the whole, like, <laughs> it doesn't really exist idea around cryptocurrency, and we're actually going to shift into that a little bit. So that's Pluto in a nutshell. Uh, for what it's a, worth, it, uh, mm -hmm. for what it's worth, I also don't like the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. I just... So, I, again, I want to put this out there so people understand this is this is the vibe, this is the energy that is being predicted that we're going to see the biggest changes. And what I found, mm. especially like for me, I, I really started paying attention to the transits in 2020, just having the knowledge 
and not being completely shocked when the news headlines hit or when certain things were happening because the astrology said, yep, there's kind of where you want to be looking at. It doesn't give us a yes or no answer. It doesn't give us a, this is absolutely what's happening. What it gives you is just enough foresight to see what might be on the horizon. And truthfully, I find that very helpful. So it's what I want to provide in this podcast today. And I hope that, again, I hope everyone's staying safe out there and and educating yourself if that's what you need or or taking the privacy and the space and the time to yourself to block out whatever you need in order for you to do your own work. Because quite honestly, it's going to be a big year and there's going to be a lot of transformation one way or another. So this is just sort of what to look out on the political side. But I want to move into Jupiter because Jupiter is equally as interesting and brings a little bit of hope at the beginning of the year to maybe help us all out, especially those in the spiritual field. So, okay. So moving into Jupiter. Jupiter is going to be spending uh, the beginning of this year in Pisces. Now, this is something I know I get into a little bit in an episode coming next year when we get into the Pisces season, but I am going to address it here because this is huge. Uh, Jupiter has not been in Pisces with Neptune. And just to give context, this is a big deal because both Jupiter and Neptune are the rulers of the sign of Pisces. Jupiter is the traditional ruler, Neptune being the modern ruler. They have not been together in the sign of Pisces since the 1850s. So this is a huge transit. Happy reunion, everyone. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) Or about how I feel. That's pretty much perfect. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. Now, they're super comfortable in this sign. You got to think, you know, Jupiter is as far as we can imagine. And Neptune is the furthest reaches of reality and beyond. Um, It's everything we can't see and touch. And they're in the sign of the ocean, which is the deepest, widest, you know, we can go. Jupiter and Neptune both being in Pisces, while they're very comfortable, this is exciting. This is beautiful energy. This is incredibly um, transcendent energy. So this takes us to a place where things get, quite frankly, more confusing before they get clearer because they're we're both swimming in the ocean. Like you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with Jupiter and Pisces next to you. And they're like, this is great. And you're like, where's our boat? Like, help. <laughs> <laughs> So while everybody seems like, I mean, I think overall this energy is going to feel a lot more relaxed than we've been feeling. Jupiter's been in Aquarius with Saturn. So that kind of oppressive, repressive feeling of Saturn Mm -hmm. also being there and them sharing that sign together. As Jupiter moves forward, we get this somewhat of a release. Things are a little bit more fluid, more poetic, more beautiful, more artistic, more uh, just, again, beautiful to see and experience. And this is even something that was reflected in the art from that period in the 1850s as well. We were starting to see public places become more like works of art for people and spaces where they could spiritually gather. Spiritually gather Mm. is probably where we're going to see a lot of this energy take us. I actually look at this conjunction happening very early in the year, in April. Um, This will likely be a huge spiritual awakening of people. I think oh, wow. we've we've already experienced on, you know, here in the podcast and in our community, a yeah. huge influx of people coming to the space and wanting answers and wanting to know more and to gather and build a community. I think we've only seen the beginning, quite honestly. I think that there will wow. probably be quite the influx, likely due to all the transformational work we're going to be going through in the, the beginning of the year and the fact that people are at their wits end. This has been a long haul 
of a lot of transits happening that have been like, you know, really difficult to bear. And the last couple of years have been really hard for people. And I think as we get pushed further and further and it's like now we're doing all this shadow work on top of that. Oh, my gosh. People are at their wits end on their last breath, similar to how I sound right now. <laughs> and they're going to be t- turning toward a place of answers and of solace and of, you know, hope, you know, and Jupiter and meeting Neptune and Pisces, that is that is a spiritual awakening and calling to those healers out there and those practitioners out there, those elders out there who have this knowledge and can help people and guide them through this incredibly tumultuous time. While it may feel like overwhelming and and, and a lot like happening at once. I really think that overall, this is going to be a huge, beautiful experience that we look back on and say like, wow, things really did shift in a direction here where people wanted to come together and find answers. I'm going to breathe for a second. Okay. Let's do it Facebook. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> it's funny you should bring up Facebook because I was going to. Why? <laughs> No. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. <Damn>. No. <laughs> or should I? Or should I say Meta? No. Like, you should say Meta. You should okay. say Meta. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg is a giant. He's just a giant wank, and I hate his guts. Sorry. Can we Go please ahead. keep that in this episode? <laughs> So just so you know, it might have felt like a weird transition, everybody, but we're back. We're back we took now. a little break and you came in on a conversation about Meta. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Zuckerberg. Good Lord. He's a giant wank. And what were you going to say about that in relationship to the planets? Well, as I mentioned earlier, we're looking at the rise of currencies that are not even real. And if one thing about Neptune, (laughs) Neptune is dealing with all the things that we cannot see and touch. It is all that is unseen and out there and quite frankly is the metaverse and so we you know and it's it's interesting because we're seeing I mean put Facebook aside for a moment I think that we're seeing a rise in this idea of this space that isn't actually physical space that we are holding with Jupiter and Neptune both in Pisces the sign of like literally the infinite the possibilities here are infinite and and companies and businesses are already jumping on this and buying up fake I mean again I'm saying this and I don't even really understand but buying up like fake land online I mean and perhaps I hope there's somebody out there who understands what's going on because I don't but I just I see it and it's like again it's fake land it's not uh, physical land no it's it's like it's like territories that they're buying online and there's I mean like like Corey mentioned there's like NFTs that are like yeah the NFT thing is very funny we just talked about that in my film (laughs) media class that I teach yeah here's the thing here's the thing I'm gonna say MMORPGs right World of Warcraft. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) Like Skyrim, whatever. There are people, and I am not at all shaming this. I think that you are a very industrious human being if this is your steez. There are very real people farming very fake gold for very real money. Wow. That is more upstanding and honest to me than crypto. And <laughs> NFTs and this whole, because like money already isn't real, right? Totally well, like we've a, assigned paper. Oh yeah, there's a great book if you haven't read it called The Botany of Desire that talks about when tulips, very specific tulip bulbs, were our currency. It is a great book, everybody. So yeah, yeah. oh, it's really good. Oh, Connor, when you would love it. So money I love already this. isn't real. So 
there was a time when people looked down on and like tried to invalidate the people who would farm virtual goods for real world money and now tech people tech giants tech people with more knowledge about the inner workings of that kind of stuff than the lay person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are doing exactly that for much more mm. to create like i don't know what status anyway i have a lot of feelings about it <laughs> <laughs> well and i think again this is i mean this is the perfect like manifestation of what these energies are are showing us is that there's this whole sort of fake imagination like place and i mean we say fake but like there's real things happening here there's real currency yeah. being exchanged here there's real yeah. experiences being had and it's Wouldn't all stuff it that co- is unseen what was yeah, that it would be really cool if we could use it for good and imagination and creation that'd be really awesome yeah. so maybe there's the possibility what do the planets say is that a possibility <laughs> <laughs> well i would say right i mean what is pluto like i was just discussing all about is exposing that which is manipulating us and what is being unseen and so if it does come to more of a visual place out in the forefront people are able to interact with it use it and make you know good with it and it becomes part of our day-to-day lives where people are not being barred from it just because of their, you know, their lack of money to begin with, or they're, you know, they're not, they're not in the right crowd with the business people who know how to do this. And the education becomes more readily available and things are exposed. Yes. I mean, by all means, there's, there's tons of potential there. And I think if anything, that's, that's sort of the spirit of what the Jupiter Neptune conjunction should be is that everyone has a place in this space whether it be spiritual or virtual or meta or whatever that is unseen, that we all have a place here. I mean, I think like Jupiter and Neptune being in Pisces, this is a huge call to artists as well, I would say. I mean, Pisces being like such a, a deep sign associated with music and art and beauty. And so, you know, what if artists could make use of this? Like, and I know artists already are making use of this, quite frankly. And so, it becoming more yeah, that's what I'm hoping yeah I mean it becoming more readily available is what should be happening certainly <laughs> I hope that's not disappointing to any of you listening that are like oh I'm tired of all this stuff because to be like if if I'm being if I'm putting on my reality hat as an astrologer I will say this is definitely the direction that we are going in but again it is with the hope that we are all able to participate in a way that benefits society and benefits humanity and is not just about, you know, the, the ones who can pay to play and who can go in there and, and ruin our lives with this. Like, it's, uh, it's that everybody can. I mean, right now, if we look at the Internet, right, like what an incredible tool that every not everyone, but a lot of people have access to and how many lives it's changed. And, you know, there was a time where the Internet was not available to everybody. So now having the space where we can all partake in this for better, for worse. Right. I mean, we see it manifest in all sorts of different ways. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, we have freedom to express ourselves on this platform, on this in this place that also isn't real per se right i mean like when we when we consider like where does the internet exist right like does anybody know like how the internet's made i'm sure there are people out there that do but like i just know i sign in with my you know accounts and i get to go on and communicate with people and that's Mm -hmm. real to me that's real to us so Mm -hmm. it's taking that like intangible and making it tangible and this is kind of that next step in the evolution i think that the reality the reality of what could be 
when it comes to the internet. I think about this a lot. Mm-hmm. I actually talk about this a lot. Get a couple of drinks in me and I will not shut up about it. Is that like it could be so beautiful and there are little pockets of the internet that are so beautiful. People learning and creating and, and exchanging knowledge and, and feeling safe and comfortable to be exactly who they are. But those pockets have to be protected so aggressively from the rest of it. And that's so stressful. It's just like, it's like we have this beautiful world, right? And we're actively pumping chemicals into it and and deforesting it and all this stuff. And then we create this virtual world and are doing the exact same thing to it. It's like, come on, humanity, get it together. (laughs) You can have a world that you don't actively destroy. Yeah, you can. Right. That you can create in. Yeah. And I like the idea of the ocean and the spirituality and maybe maybe actually elevating to a higher level of consciousness. That would be cool. That'd be rad. I want to believe in that world. That's where I'm going to put my focus. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say I have to move on with Jupiter a little bit because yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Would be, I would not be doing my due diligence as an astrologer if I didn't address this. And then, quite frankly, as an astrologer, I'm kind of shocked it's not being talked about more. Um, having sat through, as Denna mentioned earlier, six hours of astrologers talking about <laughs> 2022 to prepare for this. So after Pisces comes Aries. <laughs> and that is okay. where Jupiter is in for most of the year. So we have this incredible spiritual awakening, this this like, you know, influx of artistic and imaginative and otherworldly influence that like comes in and changes us after you know we've been experiencing a lot of this transformational energy and then Jupiter moves into Aries and Jupiter spends most of the year in Aries I think a lot of people are really focusing on the Jupiter and Pisces and while that yes is huge and we haven't seen this happen in hundreds of years and it's happening alongside this plutonic transformation Jupiter and Aries is a whole different ball game <laughs> because mm. we're talking Jupiter is making its uh, passage through the 12 zodiac signs again it's starting at the beginning at the at the infancy of that in in the sign of Aries that seed growing you know from the ground is Aries that first spark that first flame initiation and that really changes the tone of where Jupiter which is our beliefs our morals our values are are higher you know like it's bigger than ourselves it's everything we can imagine and reach toward and suddenly it's in the sign of the warrior. And this and like personal sovereignty of the individual. And again, I, I think Daddy, you're already feeling where I'm going with this. I honestly don't think it would be like right of me not to talk about this because right. I kind of look at this whole Jupiter Neptune moment as sort of the last big call to those, you know, who are spiritual healers, guidance like, you know, um, guides and people that are in this community that are here to help. And I don't say this, you know, not, I'm, I'm, I want to say this humbly, like usher in a new group of people so they feel safe and protected and empowered to act on behalf of themselves and on, act on behalf of their own community and the people that they love. Because as we can see Jupiter move into Aries, we're going to have a lot of reclaiming of sovereignty and empowerment and individuality, which is wonderful, but it can also manifest into something really ugly because when Aries doesn't get its way, it can be, I mean, I hate to say this, but like literal guns and ammo. I mean, we think about 
what the the dark side of a warrior looks like. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at like an Aries selfish entitlement. What does that look like? Right. I mean, and we're seeing this already. I think we're already getting hints of where these energies lie already within our system of the world and just people and where they're getting pushed to. I keep coming back to the idea like we are already at our last breath. What happens Mm -hmm. when people can't take it anymore? I think ultimately some people, you know, I mean, I for one had a complete mental breakdown and turned to spirituality. And here I am years later, a totally transformed and happier person. But other people, they they snap. I mean, humans are fragile in that way. And we're already dealing with so much, you know, frankly, PTSD and trauma and just issues. And what happens when it just gets too much? And I do think we are going to see what that is. And that that is scary. Like, I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat this because I don't think that would be right. But I also know that, you know, as we come together in the months like preceding this, if you can find that community, if you can find that strength within yourself and recognize that, you know, every, every planet is going to traverse every sign and it's all going to be temporary and it's going, this is another phase of that. And so it's not going to last forever. And that, you know, finding the community and that, and that spirituality that I was talking about and finding that inner core of peace and transformation within yourself, you know, in order Mm -hmm. to better humanity, like what we were just talking about, like educating yourself and getting involved so that way we can make this a better place, a more sacred space, a more wonderful place to be and benefit the world and the planet and humanity. That's going to be what carries us through all the other bullshit that we're likely going right. to see because people are at their wits end. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you guys can relate. And I think we're all fatigued and having more of this come down the line and more things exposed. It's like, you know, where are people going to turn to? So, you know, what does that mean to you specifically? Do you feel called somewhere? I mean, personally, I, I know I'm feeling a calling to serve a community, a greater community, something outside of myself. Obviously, you guys on this podcast, like, are already doing that, which is amazing. And I think that we're all going to be questioned and, you know, like, invited to participate in a way that betters the world. So if you are feeling called to do something or you start feeling that like, you know, invitation to go somewhere and it's in the spirit of love, it's in the spirit of like keep that Pisces energy in mind of creativity, of love, of joy, of interconnectedness and wholeness and oneness. That's what you follow and that's where you go toward because ultimately that's that's going to serve you and help others through all this chaos. Wow, that's powerful. I just, I don't want to be like, (laughs) I think what's shocking is everyone's kind of focusing on this happy, and I say happy, it's kind of a messed up transit, to be honest, like this whole conjunction to begin with, because it is confusing and all over the place and not really able to be seen or touched or felt. But really, that's only the beginning of this. Like that's, that's the precursor to what has to happen in this year. And I would not be a good astrologer if I didn't also mention that. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be able to think about what might be coming so you can prepare yourself, you know. Prepared, not scared. Yeah, as Teresa says. Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate you letting us know <laughs> what what we might be in for. And I think, too, uh, the really interesting thing when I listen to you talk and other astrologers talk, you aren't predicting because the universe doesn't the universe doesn't care. It's not, it is, it does not have the stories attached to it that we have attached to it. It just has the energy. I, I just, I found this really powerful. <laughs> Corey, I thought you were going to say something. Nice. <laughs> have a big sigh. Yeah. <laughs> Take a big sigh. 
<sighs> I feel like, I don't know. I feel like this year personally has just been so much upheaval. Like, I'm just, and I know this is not just me. This is a lot of the world. I'm just so tired. My friend said something. Uh, what was it? I feel like I'm driving and I know the check engine light is on, but I just have to keep driving. Like, that's how I feel also. And like, I think, I don't know, I think upheaval has to happen before, you know, something better can be built. And I feel like we've been putting duct tape on holes for a long time and the duct tape is no longer holding <laughs> And um, we have to tear things down before we can build things so that they'll actually stay up. And that's scary and I'm tired and I don't want to. But like I know I want to, but like I don't want to. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's complicated. That was like the perfect visual <laughs> to explain, I think, what so much of, you know, what, I, what I'm saying in like the astrological language is really like speaking to is that this is where we're at like I, I mean it, it brings me no joy to like have to sit here and explain you know this is this is what the planetary energy is but considering how scarily accurate it's been in terms of what we've been presented with in the last two years I like data like you said being prepared I think is really the point and again I, I, I never want to be a doom and gloom astrologer because it doesn't I don't find it helpful at all <laughs> to just sit there and fret and so you know, I encourage you if you're looking for like, well, then what do I do or how do I find the light side of this? How can I better? You know, it, it comes down to like looking at these energies that you're being presented with and choosing to find the side of it that you resonate with and want to go towards. So, you know, Jupiter in Aries, look at the sign of Aries, like read it. Even if you're not in Aries yourself, you go look into the sign of it and see what, what are the benefits? Like, what are the good things about Aries? What are the, the positive qualities? I mean, this is, this is a sign of leadership of expansion and it's a sign of, you know, optimism and adventure. Like there, there are things that are infused in here that we can, we can decide that is going to be my story. That is going to be how I manifest this. And yes, well, it won't affect perhaps the rest of the world. It will certainly affect you and your life and the people around you sharing space and time and energy with you. And you can encourage others to do the same. And, you know, when you see when you see the rearing of the ugly head, the ugly side of Aries come out, which is that selfishness and the aggressive, like, you know, I'm going to have it my way and everybody else can like fuck off, like kind of energy. Like, you know, ultimately you can say no to that. You can walk away and say, I'm not going to let that come into my life. And I think that's where it can be really helpful to prepare is is just taking this and remembering that like every sign, every planet has a whole scope, a whole spectrum of what it can look like. And you can decide what you, what it is you want to take on. And also what you want to put aside and say, I don't have the energy and the time for that. I can't, I can't do this. This should be a tool to help you. And if hearing it or listening to it or interacting with it is making life more stressful, then that is not the point. <laughs> you know, we're, we're here to help guide and like again it's like the weather if the weather if watching the weather stresses you out because you don't want to know that it's going to be raining next weekend like don't watch the weather then <laughs> ultimately you know if, if you want to take every day as it comes I totally understand that sentiment because sometimes it is just too much but if it helps you to plan and to prepare your heart and your mind for what it is that's coming then by all means like look into it and and decide what that story is going to look like for you I have to say, I'm going to bring this back to witches and how this helps us in our practice, if mm -hmm. I may. 
So one of the things that I learned during 2016 and continuing to learn, because I think we all know that the change of leadership, although it has definitely halted some things and changed some things for those of us who wanted a lot more progression, that's not happening. Mm. And that's not happening for a reason, because there are other people in the world doing exactly what we're doing and trying to manifest their own reality. So that's the first thing that I want to say. You need to keep that in mind. However, look around you. Look around what's going on in your world, specifically with your friends. And if there are people in your world that you can focus on and help them. So I'm LGBTQ. And I have straight friends who are looking out for me. And I am a white woman. So I am looking out and cis. And so I'm looking out for trans and my friends and people of color who are in my immediate circle, but also the larger causes. However, when you talk about the energy and getting overwhelmed, I think of it like a choir. And I started this really early on in 2017. I'm going to work. And I'm going to keep singing and I'm going to keep doing what I can do. But when I feel myself starting to get burnt out, I'm going to take a breath. And that's going to be a day or two. And it might even be an entire week. And I am going to do that because if I don't do that, I'm I'm going to burn out and I'm going to be useless to everyone. But the image of a choir where I take a breath and other people keep singing gives me hope. And I don't know if that gives you hope or not. So that when we're getting into, if we get into a fight, if, if, if this is going to be a struggle, if it's not what I really am going to focus on, this big spiritual epiphany, and we're all going to hold hands and sing, I'd like to buy the world a coat. But anyway, if it's not that, <laughs> but if it's not that, that we lean on our community that's close to us and realize that we are the pebble in the pond that's going to ripple out and that is going to continue to affect not just the rest of the United States but Canada and Australia and Wales and everybody and what they're doing what Australia is doing what Wales is doing that's also coming back and affecting us and we can exchange that energy that we want rather than what we don't want. And hopefully, hopefully, that energy will transform the people who feel so scared and so like they need to control other people's choices. And it will affect them in a way that they feel they can live their life without having to oppress others. So that's my hope and my turn on this. And I don't think it's rosy colored. My rose colored glasses are not on. It's realistic with a way that I can get through this. I think that's really valuable because I spend more time than is healthy being angry. Oh. I'm- um, but like with no room for anything else. Um, anger that leads to hopelessness or despair or or whatever. So it's really, I think, valuable and important. And it's something I have been working on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, reconnecting to loved ones and friends um, that I haven't, for reasons, uh, been connected to for the last, I don't know, five to ten years. And mm. using that image of a choir or I like to think about the net. 
I talked about Indra's mm-hmm. net a long time ago on an episode uh, about how we're all we are all jewels on the same net, and our movements reflect light on everybody else. And sometimes you're the one really shining, and sometimes you're the one that has to be receiving that light from somewhere else. I think just to reiterate, like lean on your community because yeah. and and lean on your witchcraft yes. practice. That's why making it a daily thing. So so I, I'll I'll tell you what made me think of mm-hmm. this and thank God Tammy <laughs> so, something happened today that made me go, "Oh, I have not been I've been going through the motions of my daily practice. I haven't been actually feeling it. We needed to do a healing for somebody who was in a car accident. And we did this healing and all of a sudden my vibration raised and I was my whole body was tingling and light and Tammy and I don't do that together very often but it was a friend of hers somebody I, I don't know very well and I'd seen a picture of her and we talked about her and we got through and Tammy just went whoa I felt that and it's like ah, so did I and I feel a lot better so in healing the world everyone you can heal yourself yeah. and I think when we get into that rage which I do I, I feel you Corey on that we forget to go to our witchcraft practice we forget to hold that crystal a little bit close we forget to spray those sprays around us and take a shower saying intentions we forget to stir that cinnamon in our coffee and give us ourselves a little charm and and all those little things really add up you know recharge your talisman and wear it all the time yeah that kind of stuff so okay now I'm just repeating myself, but do, yeah. <laughs> do the things, do the things that make you feel good. Do the things yeah. that make you feel like, yeah. like you have, like Dada said, to raise your, your frequency. I have a hard time doing stuff just f- like for myself, uh, in every regard. <laughs> and, uh, it's easier for me to put the energy out if there are other people. Um, my grandpa's very sick and, uh, that like, um, really motivated me this last week to I was kind of going through the motions of my practice as well just because I've been so busy and exhausted and I had like terrible emotional hangover from comic-con and just like this whole thing and um if you can't do it for you do it for somebody else because that will remind you why you do it and why it matters. We are nobody in island, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. Especially when things are scary. And, like Conwin said, like, we're not trying to necessarily put a rosy yeah. spin on anything. And we're not trying to put a, a dour spin on anything. But there is always, always the possibility that things will be frightening. Or harrowing. Or even, heaven knows, dangerous. So, like... And for some people, it, it already, already is. is. Yeah. Right. yeah. So I yeah, and I think Corey and I and if I it I, we live in a, I'm not gonna say we live in a bubble, but pretty darn close to it. Seattle's kind of yeah. We're we're I I feel I feel safe most of the time here, and when I go other places, I don't. So I can only begin to start to grok what some of you out there in the Midwest and Texas and other places who uh, you know have a lot of people who push against your ideas how you must feel but so. at the end of the day we have to keep each other safe yeah so we'll, whether yeah. that's anyway. mundane or magical yep exactly so 
All right, Conaway. Perfect. We totally. Well, <laughs> no, no, it's so it's so perfect. You guys are bringing this up because honestly, I'm I'm gonna kind of circle back for a moment to the beginning of this episode yeah, where please. we were talking about Venus and the retrograde because Venus is all about what we attract and like what you're talking about, you know doing it for your, uh, taking the time to, to have these practices, to have these rituals and these, you know, like (laughs) day-to-day things that just make us able to fight the fight that we want to fight and, and to live the way we want to live and to build the community around us and support each other. I mean, that is raising your energy, your frequency. And that is all about like, that, that is what we have to do to attract what we want. And Venus is about attraction. You know, that, that is truly mm. the, the definition of that planet. So as she moves into retrograde mm. at the beginning of this year, this is the question we can all be asking is, what is it you want to attract? And how can you do that? And I mean, gosh, you guys just articulated so beautifully all the different ways in which we can, we, we as witches, as, as magical people can work with this and use this and also rely on this to get us through the really hard times ahead. And I think what better way to start the year than have this moment of reflection, this period of quiet where we can really, you know, decide what it is we're ready to attract this year as we go into potentially another crazy chaotic and possibly scary year and like Mm. you said a lot of people out there I mean it has been scary on on some level and I think we've all been challenged and frightened in one way or another some certainly worse than than others but ultimately you know our experience is relative and we gotta do the best we can so how can you out there practicing you know begin working on what it is you want to attract throughout this whole year and I think this actually brings us perfectly to the last bit that I wanted to talk about which is the nodes (laughs) so beautiful transition oh I'm so excited about the nodes Oh, good. Yay, we have some excitement. Yes, because the nodes are going to be shifting. In fact, from when we're recording this, they're shifting in just a matter of days. We're shifting out of the hustle, bustle, noise of Gemini and Sagittarius into the very deep and very (laughs) refreshingly beautiful signs of Scorpio and Taurus. So the south node will be moving into Scorpio and the north node will be moving into Taurus. And what better way to really like, I think, cap this off than talk about like what what direction collectively as a North Node, where is that North Node guiding us collectively? It's it's taking it back to community and simplicity and and feeding into the earth and loving, you know, our surroundings and surrounding ourselves with joy and pleasure. I think uh, one one thing we're probably going to see, which I'm excited, you know, to say, is Scorpio and Taurus are very sensual, intimate signs, and I have a feeling we're going to start seeing a lot of like veils lifted on pleasuring yourself just for the sake of doing it, for the joy, oh, and wow. letting there be like a release of this stigma and this like prejudice against that, and this like you know letting letting us just enjoy things for the sake of enjoyment and getting rid of the judgment of that. I mean, heck, Scorpio knows how to like have a good time and Taurus having a good time is what they're best at. Like when when they want to like go out there. Right. And so these two signs are really encouraging us to tap back into those sensual part of ourselves and remember that we're not only are we allowed to experience what it is that makes us happy and pleasured, but also like we deserve it and we should and like life should be that all the time that if y'all do chakra work this might be a great time to really focus on the old sacral chakra that sensual center check in 
light it up. I know mine's been working overtime. Well, yours is. Oh, I bet it has. You got a baby. I just had a Reiki session, and she went down there, and it was like, oh my god, that thing is so tired. (laughs) I I I just felt exhausted. (laughs) Oh. All for good reasons, but no, exactly. I mean, the sacral chakra is exactly like what we should be tapping into with full enjoyment and, and freedom to do so. I mean, this this really ought to be a year where, I mean, again, like kind of hearkening back to the sort of individuality and sovereignty empowerment within ourselves. I mean, we are taking our authority back. We are taking our, you know, what we what we want to manifest, what we want to attract back and saying, like, I have control over this. And part of that is just the joy and the experience of life itself. So, I mean, that's just sort of just the way to get this kicked off and started. There's a lot more here with the Taurus and Scorpio North and South Node. I'm going to touch on the South Node for a minute just because I find this really interesting. And the South Node is where Scorpio is? Yes, exactly. So the South Node will be transiting through Scorpio. And Scorpio typically rules, well, what's interesting is its association with Pluto, right? Pluto is the modern ruler of Scorpio. So once again, we're seeing this theme of the South Node or, you know, what the collective is growing and evolving from is this power struggles, manipulation, secrets, the things that are underneath the surface that are not being exposed. And then you find out about it and there's a transformative nature about it. And so we're seeing that theme recurring again throughout the entire year through the nodal transformation. So really it is speaking to this is where we're moving away from, which I would argue is a good thing. (laughs) And so um, what I find interesting though about the Scorpio South Node is There's an element to this too, I think, that we can actually take and carry with us a little bit, which is not necessarily keeping secrets for the sake of hiding information that needs to be shared because, you know, people out there, like we're all, we're all exposing things all the time. And, and there's a lot that's not being said that really ought to be being said and communicated and thought over and talked over. But I do think that to some degree, being more discerning in what we are disclosing about ourselves and where we are lending our energy. So I'm talking like on social media, I'm talking just what you're sharing with the people around you. I mean, Mm. we're all carrying a lot of very sensitive issues right now, a lot of things. And there's this, you know, there's been this movement in our culture in the last, you know, gosh, decade, and maybe more than that with social media to share everything and to just like lay it all out. And while that can be incredibly healing and wonderful for people and they can have like an experience that really benefits them. I also think that, you know, we're going to see sort of a different phase of this where Perhaps more people are going to keep their information closer to their chest in order to protect themselves and build a boundary that is necessary, but that also the information that is being shared has a more sober approach to this is, I'm sharing this for the sake of this reason and I'm being deliberate about it and how can we work with it and make it better? So I don't, I'm not saying like, you know, secrets are bad as a blanket statement, because I do think that, you know, to some degree, we, we really lay out so much for people to criticize and judge and just jump all over when it comes to what it is we're sharing with the place, with the world. And it's a time where we can also think about building those boundaries within ourselves and remembering we don't have to lay out our soul to everybody because not everybody, quite frankly, deserves that time and that energy from you. You can you can conserve that and keep that safe. Um, I certainly, I mean, and I'm speaking to this from, you know, the position of 
I've been thinking a lot about what it is that I'm sharing with the world. I'm about to bring in a little human and Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about his privacy and what the word privacy will even mean in this modern day and age. I mean, where, where does that like take us? So I think if that's a conversation you're having with yourself or you feel like you've just been exposing and letting it all out, this is the time to remember you don't have to, and you, you have control over that. You're not being forced into that, but then also, you know, what it is that you can share that can be transformative and how can you build a relationship with that information that will benefit you and the world and the people that you're sharing it with. Wow. Wow. It's all so good. And so that brings us to Taurus, which is, you know, okay, so where are we headed? And we've talked a little bit about Venus. We've talked about heck how we can deepen our practice, the spiritual awakening we're having. Whenever I think of Taurus, I think of the earth. I think of like the goddess herself and, and, you know, reimagining our relationship to the feminine energies that are in this planet, in this universe, in this world, and how we can connect on a deeper level to that which we hold dear and value and what we take care of, what we, um, you know, what we grow and what we cultivate. And so... And, and what I love about Taurus is Taurus is really keep it simple, stupid. I mean, it's it's not meant to be this complex, like crazy. I mean, Gemini can just, just go out there. And we've had a lot of this like Sagittarian Gemini noise. And while it's exciting and fiery and fun and loud, I think everyone does kind of need this like, okay, but like what's really important <laughs> for a minute? Like right. why, why don't we just decide what that's going to look like? And we've had Uranus transiting through Taurus in the last couple years it spends about seven years in each planet and I kind of think that this is the year where we start seeing what that new picture is going to look like Um, we've had a lot of you know world events and and cataclysmic events and things happening to our physical earth that have caused us to have to open our eyes and see things and experience differently and I kind of feel like we're going to have a turning point at this point where we're going to have the north node conjunct Uranus this year and what is that that's that's divine inspiration around where it is we're meant to be going to help us evolve into a better society, into a better person, a better world, a better universe. And so there is hope there where I'm really excited to see where, you know, it is that people do tend to go to. I mean, it may be it may be that we start seeing, you know, community again, like really like smaller collectives of people focusing on what it is they want to cultivate and grow and yeah. separating out from the larger like collective and you know what what amazing things can they do together and support each other with i mean i think you know i again i don't want to get into what's going to happen but i know the idea of a civil war has been brought up many times but i think about this too in that in that separation of people with their own with each other and in communities that like support each other and love each other like how how beneficial that can be on a smaller scale. And that to me speaks to Taurus where, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not saying I want this to happen and I want a war to happen or anything. But when we think about like what is within our own scope of the people that we're actually interacting with and seeing day to day and like, you know, our families, our friends, the people that are right here and close to us, or maybe it's a community that you've built online and you're really, really connected with them. Again, what possibilities can you manifest with that smaller, more intimate group that are about enjoying life again? I mean, like that really, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. It's, well, I think we all want, you know, 
in some level to think that the world can change and things are going to happen. It's going to start at a small scale and it's going to start with pockets of people making the shift, making the change to focus on what's important to them. We'll see that grow over time and become a larger movement. But I think the more we can focus on what is tangible, what is in front of us, what is important to us, what is that Taurus, you know, energy and also really taking care of and cultivating this earth, this planet that we live on, especially as, you know, magical practitioners and witches and yeah. spiritual healers and the things that we can really connect to on an elemental level, that is going to be what drives us forward and, and allows us to really manifest this change. So at this point, <laughs> I was actually going to turn it over to you too and be like, Taurus moon people, talk to me. <laughs> like, you know, what does, what does Taurus mean to you? Because I think, you know, I don't have a scrap of Taurus in my chart, to be honest. Um, and so I, yeah, zilch. I have I know. so much. So I, I, I really, so I want to like, I want to hand it over to my Taurus experts. Well, we just had a talk with Eva Dominguez Jr. about, uh, yeah, uh, and that will have just released the week before this one releases. I fully cried oh, during that interview. You, you did. Yeah. I did. I fully started crying. Anyway. I love him so very much. But one of the things he said uh, that he, and I have felt this as well, that he doesn't have any air in his chart. And so the the... The universe does one of two things. It's like, okay, fine, you don't, and you don't have that. Or it goes, there's a vacuum there. You need air. So you're going to get a lot of it. And so it's interesting. Do you ever feel like you get all that Taurus energy? Or nope, it's just not present. I, it's funny you should say that because I would argue that like just being involved with this podcast has sort of given me this beautiful like big dose of gorgeous Taurus energy like honestly and awesome. I and I feel like you know as I've learned my chart over time too you know it's it's been like I mean for a long time Aquarius was something that I just didn't interact with and then I think once I opened myself up to it, it was like oh, here come all the Aquariuses. Here comes my literal Aquarius. Like, you know, the life is giving you, Aww. is filling that vacuum exactly. And I do think you mentally have to be open to that. But Taurus is, again, an energy that, like, I just, I don't have a lot of. Although I will say I have a very big influence in my life, which is my sister who has a Taurus moon. And it's yeah. it's incredible, like, seeing our differences. And I've really been, like, kind of thrust that in the last two years mm. because she's lived with me on and off. So it's like, oh, totally different because I've got the Gemini moon. So it's just all the time, as you guys know, <laughs> listening to me, you know. And so I have a lot of air. I do have a lot of Earth in my chart, strangely enough. Most of my Earth is in Virgo and Capricorn. So mm. I'm not missing the element so much. But uh, yeah, I certainly like the Taurus energy having the dose of it from you both has just been glorious mm. so <laughs> i'm glad that so the universe glad. Is yeah help. <laughs> i don't know about for Corey, but for me i got told a lot when i would would say oh yeah i'm a sagittarius if people would ask and know anything about astrology i would get oh, you must have other stuff in your chart you definitely have the loud thing down and the gregarious but then i would be like oh i don't really want to go out i'm really kind of an introvert i really don't like to i do like to travel but i really just like want to stay in one place and well oh, I, I moving was the hardest thing for me because i moved my 
dad was a my dad was an Aquarius and who knows what else was in his chart and wanted to move all the time and until he passed away we moved like every six or eight months and so when we finally stopped moving I was like I don't want to move so when Tam and I sold our house of 23 years I still go back and visit it which I've also talked about take some the land spirits there still called me so that's my that's how Taurus I think my moon and Taurus manifest in my world is that I just want to stay and I have a tendency to get stuck. And so, I don't know. What about you, Corey? Um, well, I am an Aquarius. That's my sun sign. <laughs> In case you all <laughs> couldn't tell from the everything about me, uh, I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> my birthday is coming up. <laughs> you mean your month is coming up. <laughs> uh, get ready for me to get a real obnoxious about it. I also feel the urge to like move around and do things. But as I'm getting older... Uh, the Taurus moon in me is like, why don't we just hunker down right now for a while? Hence, yeah. purchasing a house with my mother. <laughs> and, like, I'm I'm in it mm-hmm. now. Like, we're stuck there. For better or worse. I think for better. Uh, but the way that the Taurus has been in my life uh, and now is evolving to to behave differently, but, like, has always I'm just a very sensual person like I am very easy with physical affection I am very I'm very about like I'm very Dionysian like I am about good food good drinks good sex soft fabrics like do you know what a conversation pit Mm -mm. is so there was a there was an architectural trend in like the 70s called the the conversation pit and it was like a sunken pit in your living room that was sofas and like cushions and stuff that's I like that vibe like I want to be covered in luxurious fabrics and I want to be touched by luxurious bodies and I want to be eating good food and drinking good stuff and that's just always kind of been the way that Taurus and the earth in my chart is for me is like the sensual experience of the world can I just say after listening to Kanawan talk I feel like we have the two Tauruses in the room that address both of the things, or Taurus moons, that address both of the things that you talked about, that pleasure is going to be coming up and enjoying it for the sake of enjoying it and digging your heels in. And I'm having to do, yeah, I'm having to do both of those things right now. I'm having to dig my heels in about boundaries. Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> which it sounds like we're going to have to to yes. keep <clears throat> democracy in place. Yeah. 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 And, and this is, of course, for me, all very personal. This is all my personal mm-hmm. life. Conwin knows. We talked about it for like two <laughs> hours. But I'm having to dig my heels in and be very, very firm and stubborn like a bull here. Like, dig those heels in about my boundaries. But I'm also manifesting my sensuality, my relationship with my body, my relationship with the way that I present it or don't, um, the way that I offer it or don't, like that is all changing quite Mm. a lot. And I'm feeling differently about the body I live in than I ever have, which is both good and scary. And I think it's been really liberating, which is nice. So I look forward to on a personal level that that Taurus energy moving into 2022 for a number of reasons uh my solar return has some pretty rad stuff in it regarding finances relationships intimacy you know fun like really fun good things and so i'm looking forward to 
to using that personal like buoyancy uh, in and offering it to the world that might feel heavy and see if I can't offer some of that buoyancy in heavy times. And just to give context to what a solar return is, folks. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. yes. <gasps> did I just use an astrology yeah, word? Yeah, you did. That Bravo. Needs to be like, explained? You straight up astro babbled your way through. That was great. <laughs> Get ooh, it. Oh, look at me. <laughs> 10 points to Corey. All right. Thank you. <laughs> but a solar return is so every year when the sun returns to the exact same position. So down to the degree and the minute that it was in when you were born, that the chart casts for that moment in time is kind of a peek into what your next year is going to look like. So that can happen on your actual birthday because the sun is approximately in the same place, or it can happen a few days before, a few days after. Usually it's only about 24 hours, but when you cast a chart for your location, wherever you're going to be on your birthday, during that time, you get a glimpse into the next year ahead. And you can use that as a form of, you know, getting motivated and deciding on some goals and feeling good or in my case preparing yourself <laughs> for the year you have ahead <laughs> the baby the baby that is coming yeah so deep work coming oh my god well not not that i haven't already had it but like oh, yeah. yeah you know it's it's good it's good work it's good you've deep been work creating it. within your body for a very long time now and i am feeling it <laughs> yeah yeah that last <laughs> month mm-hmm. oof oof mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. we're there. Yeah. <laughs> Can't relate. But, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm glad. <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone to go through this who didn't want it. Like, straight, straight up. <laughs> it's wow. like what I've walked away from this whole experience. It's like, God, if you didn't want this, like, you have every right to just walk away because you got to really want the end result <laughs> to yeah. get through this. Yeah, it's but on hard the mo- on the body. Yeah. And on the point of hard work as well, one of the things you guys both kind of talked about, the digging the heels and thing with Taurus, mm-hmm. is Taurus is not afraid of good hard work. Taurus will put the back into it and the effort into it and make it happen and build it from that foundation up. And I think that that really is what the world is calling us to do on some yeah. level. I mean, we we still have Saturn hanging out in Aquarius. And to me, you know, sat, that Saturn-Uranus relationship again is really saying if if we want to change things, if we're unhappy with the way that things are, we have to put the work into ourselves and we have to put the work into the community because we're a part of that, whether we like it or not. If you want society to change, you have to help make it change to what it is you want it to see. We have a responsibility to that. So... That's kind of where I want to leave mm. with this year because I think Beautiful. just that alone is a lot of a lot of stuff and I encourage you all to keep breathing to to exercise the muscle of faith and and uh, exercise the muscle of practice and really reimagine what it is you want your future to look like because it does have the capacity to get there it's just going to take it's going to take more work and in the moments that you are at your final breath at your last breath Take the space you need to process that and remember like everyone, everyone is feeling it to some degree and we just need to support each other. We need to lean on each other and lean on our community and ask for help when we need it because you're not alone. I think everyone is, is going through it right now. So 2022 is going to be huge. Hanawin, thank you so much. My pleasure. (laughs) I think it'll be really interesting. Let's look back a year, maybe like in the future and see what the heck happened. Because this is my first time doing one of these like on air before. And, and, you know, I've done this for myself. So really, (laughs) I'm excited to look back at it next year. I am honored that we are your first time doing one of these. Oh, it is my my honor, seriously, to be on here with you guys. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) Now, my spark right now 
And my encouragement for all of you out there is to book with Kanawan for your solar return or for the year of 2022 for your personal chart. It is life-changing. It is eye-opening. I bought one for Christmas for my daughter and her friend. So I I am putting my money where my mouth is there. It, it, I, you're really amazing and working with you is amazing. So uh, Conwin is my spark. So book with her if you can do that because it's worth it. Also listen to her super rad music. <gasps> oh my gosh, I love your music. Let's just blow up Conway yeah. right now. That can be my spark yeah. too, because I didn't bring one because I'm a no, terrible you're not. student. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I, I love your music. I'm so excited. Yeah. And I cannot wait to, uh, after baby's here and you're settled in, to do that, um, well, that, also, that star charty thing that I don't know if you're mm-hmm. talking about yet. But anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that thing. Also... <laughs> You're like so much more than this, but also check out her Instagram because she's like oh really gosh. pretty. Your photo shoots are amazing. She's she's over there going, stop, you two, stop. But we can't help it. I'm, over, we can't help I'm it. overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> so many nice things. You guys are so kind. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. And I will well, say. I wouldn't say them if they weren't true. I would love to take bookings and things of musical nature, but I will say because I am having a literal child this year, um, I won't be <laughs> taking anything <laughs> past uh, I think at this point in the episode, I'll probably not be taking any more clients, but I will make it very public on my Instagram when I am opening myself up. It will likely okay. be in early springtime. Think think beginning of the astrological season, Aries season is sort of where I'm pinpointing right now, hence All why right. we've, we've pre-recorded some things. So just give me my little space to breathe <laughs> before we Absolutely. embark on this year of this journey. But I, I am definitely planning on expanding my practice, which is very exciting. Much thanks to you both. I mean, I really have to credit you both. You've done incredible things for me and and my career and my work as an astrologer and as a musician. Oh, my goodness. And I'm so incredibly grateful and would love to get to know your listeners um, even better and help more people and share the tool that is this incredible thing that is astrology with more people as we venture into this journey together of 2022. <laughs> cool. Well, we adore you. So thank you for being here. And everybody... Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, if you if you celebrate it as January first, happy new year. Happy happy new turning of that particular wheel. Happy arrival into the month of course. (laughs) Indeed. Of two (laughs) thousand (laughs) twenty-two. But uh until next time. Be well. Harm none. And don't forget. You are magic. Hey, listeners, thank you so much for being here. And if you liked it, we would love it if you would take the time to head over to Apple Podcasts and review us or Spotify and like us. Is that right, Click that, Click that little heart, that little add to episodes button. If you leave a review and a little something, a little written review that really helps other people find us, it really helps this community to grow. And we've been shouting you all out on Instagram. Yeah. And you can, uh, after you're done, you know, leaving us a little love on iTunes or Spotify, feel free to contact us on Twitter at Bonfire Babble or Instagram at Bonfire Babble Podcast or Facebook at Bonfire Babble Podcast. Really? And at our Gmail, which is what? 
bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. No way. That's a great place to go if you want to sign up for our newsletter. Just leave the word newsletter in the subject line and we will get you on the list. We have been answering emails from listeners and we love getting that mail. We love answering your questions. We are very excited also that now we have a brand new avenue for communication. And what is it, Dada? It's a P.O. box. It's a P.O. box! We have a P.O. box now. So uh, several of you have shown interest in sending us mail and now we have a place for that to go it's very exciting stuff and that address is bonfire babble p.o box 16341 seattle washington 98116 so if you feel so moved that is there for you and we would love to hear from you i would like to acknowledge that we are on the traditional land of the first people of seattle the duwamish people past and present and honor with gratitude the land itself and the duwamish tribe for more information reach out to realrent.org